You're listening to Shepherd and Sports Bite, a McPherson Media Group production. It is Shepherd and Sports Bites coming to you as we do every second week now from the Riverine Herald in Echuca. My name's Andrew Johnston, joined by Braden May. Braden, how are you doing? Not too bad. How are you? Yeah, it's it's grand final week. It's an exciting time. There's there's something to be in, enjoying, even though we're not having massive parties on the weekend like we normally would for a grand final. There's something to look forward to. Oh, Saturday and Sunday. Up the storm on Sunday. Just well, I can't wait for them to beat the Penrith. It'll be fantastic if we can beat a Sydney team. Well, looking around this office, there's about six people in here who follow rugby league and we're all Storm fans, so it's an exciting time for all of us. Yeah, it's very exciting. We all look forward to the AFL Grand Final. Obviously, the Vixens, it was great for them to get a win on Sunday. And then we're going into an NRL Grand Final. When you actually sit back and think about it for a minute to think, we're actually here. We're actually getting Grand Finals. I think every competition official deserves a massive round of applause to actually be able to get the season done under COVID restrictions. Obviously, other states have had crowds, but to get to the finish line, it's an amazing achievement. And I speak for a lot of people I think when I say I just can't wait to get back to the footy next year hopefully. Now we're going to move on to something slightly different from football netball and rugby league we're going to talk a little bit of racing Brayden. Yes we've got Gary Armstrong the general manager of Achuka Racing Club. Achuka Racing Club have done a terrific job through this period so we thought we'd get Gary on the line and have a bit of a chat with him. Joining us on the line now we have Mr Gary Armstrong. Gaz how are we going mate? Going well, thank you. Sam Walsh winning Mark of the Year as a Carlton man who loves Sam Walsh. You would have been pretty happy with that on Sunday night? Um, yeah, mixed feelings. I mean, he gets Mark of the Year, that's fantastic. But I reckon Newsy was a bit stiff. I reckon you could have probably swapped the results. But, hey, we'll take what we can get when we're at Carlton Land, mate. Not much happening there for a long time. Mate, it's it's <laughs> been a, a tough year for you guys in the racing industry. Obviously, COVID's hit everyone, but... While you guys are one of the few industries who are still allowed to go, you've been hit for six with a lack of crowds, with trainers not always being allowed at the track, with owners not always being allowed at the track. What's this year looked like for you guys? Yeah, look, it's, you know, without doubt, um, you, you're, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I've been mixed up with racing, I think, starting on the committee to check when I was like 23, and I'm a little bit older than that now. Um, and the craziest racing season I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, you know, once again, we're very grateful that we've been able to continue. Um, but the the weirdest feeling that you have that I've ever had on the race course is to experience a race like the actual, you know, the last sort of 200, 400 metres of a race when people are normally, normally starting to get right into it. You know, they've got their money riding and there's just no atmosphere. There's just no cheering, no yelling, no, you know, it's just, yeah, it, it, it's bizarre, quite bizarre. I think that was noticeable even just watching the Caulfield Cup at, at the weekend at home. It was just There was no one there and it just sounded very weird having Matt Hill call the race. But obviously, Echuca Racing Club got a busy couple of weeks coming up now, mate. Yeah, definitely. Look, we've um, we've been had a couple in the last two weeks. We've got, uh, obviously, we didn't race yesterday, but we go around Monday and then the following Tuesday, which is obviously Melbourne Cup Day. So, yeah, a couple, couple of meetings coming up in the next two weeks. So, uh, once again, we'll only have owners on the track on um, both of those meetings. Um, but, you know, that, that's what it is. Um, and I just don't know. I think Melbourne Cup will feel even weirder than the other race meetings once again because it is the biggest day by a mile and probably has the most atmosphere and, you know, people really get involved on Melbourne Cup Day and there won't be any of them here. So, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll go through it. We'll do it. Obviously, we race, which is terrific. But, um, yeah, I just 
I think it'll be fairly flat all day at this Yuka Race Club. Melbourne Cup Day, obviously, as you mentioned, is our big meeting. It's it's actually bigger than the Yuka Cup in town. Um, and this year, you've got an extra benefit there of being the sole country race in all of Victoria going up against the big boys. That would have been a huge advantage for the club, I imagine. Yeah, obviously, the industry took their decisions um, around that purely based on you know no, no crowds at races. So the other events that are normally held throughout Victoria, um, you know, because you can't have people at them, there's and, and it's not really a turnover product once you get out to some of those other meetings, well, then, you know, it's a fairly straightforward decision, I mean, for the industry. So that means that there will be extra turnover and a little bit more interest in our races, which is terrific. Um, so, you know, that might be the benefit out of it. Um, and, yeah, it just keeps us hopefully front of mind of people so that when we do open up and people can come back, they, they decide to come and have a look at us go around, which would be, you know, what we want to see. I imagine we can expect a handful of locals in action on Melbourne Cup Day. We've been had in quite a little bit of success, especially the Archard Stable, where Etna, with the Asian veteran through Reese, has done terrific recently. Yeah, look, they have. Look, it, it, it's funny. Um, around about three or four months ago, um, the trainers come to us at a trainers meeting, and, and they wanted us to see all. They, they spoke about us creating a, a what. what what's been deemed a deep sand track or a deeper sand track where, you know, the horses get into it a bit deeper. They, they obviously don't gallop as fast on it, but it's, it's a bit like running up sand hills for people. You know, anyone that's done footy training knows what that's like. So um, we, we had an inside sand which didn't get a lot of use on it. And, and what we found was there was around about 150 to 200 millimetres of sand on there, which would been, you know, as new sand was put on the proper sand track, it would get, they get put onto the, the secondary sand track. So we um, excavated that down and, and groomed it up and, and fluffed it up and and created created it the way that they sort of set it as a, as a bit of a trial period. And, you know, Reese Archard has used it virtually exclusively since then. And also um, Mick Cornish has also used it quite a lot. And, um, you know, the, the feedback's been really positive on it. It's, it's given those guys a chance, especially some of those older horses, that's a bit softer on them, but it's, but at the same time, they can still do their work. They get, you know, obviously they're getting fit um, on it and um, touch wood, the results have, have been fantastic off it so far. So um, who knows? You've been back at Echuca Racing Club about a year now after some stints away from the club. How have you found the last season, particularly before COVID and the challenges that are set? Has that been something you've enjoyed taking on those challenges or has it just been a very difficult process for everybody involved in racing? I know, look, it, it, you know, to come back to Echuca was, um, I, you know, I slotted in really well. Um, it felt really comfortable. It sort of felt, you know, felt right. Um, the club was in a strong position, obviously, two, only two years previously, they won Club of the Year. So, you know, they certainly had some runs on the board. Um, around their performance, it was really more of a case of of, um, of, of going with what was here, um, trying to build where we could, and, and and to continue the good work. Which you know the the, the two meetings that I had while crowds crowds were still coming in was New Year's Eve, which was a really successful day, and he took a cup day, which was also really successful. So we had two good um, meetings with crowds, um, and we're looking forward, obviously, to building upon spring. But you know that's obviously changing now, but. The club's still in a strong position. You know, we've got some um, irons in the fire in regards to, to things that might be coming up over the next, you know, 12, 18, 24 months, which, which can be some big stuff. Um, so 
got a strong committee, very uh, forthright, very um, active. And, and the club, you know, is certainly not resting on its laurels. We're, we're keen to, to keep you know, working hard and, and getting things done. Well, if we take a step back for a second, mate, obviously you came to Echuca where from a bit of a change up from where you were in the middle of Australia running a racing club. Yeah, yeah look, it, it's funny. I think the greatest, um, well, not disappointment, but one of the funny things with, with the racing in the territory is they probably undervalue their product which was a, a bit of a frustration for me. Um, you know, they, the product up there is unique, and, but it's not bad product. It just doesn't, it just doesn't get the airtime that I think it deserves. Um, you know, and that was one of the frustrations. That, and while I was there, I was trying to raise that profile. Like we did some stuff the first year to try and you know, push the message into Victoria, South Australia, and New South Wales about coming up for the carnival. But a lot of that groundwork was done, but then COVID hit them, and then people weren't allowed to go up there anyway. It's, it's a, it's a, you know, to have 33 race meetings a year, it's pretty full on. So you're basically going around every fortnight. Um, obviously, the the horse pool's a lot narrow, you know, not as deep because obviously it's only the horses that are that are in Alice Springs that actually race. So, um, but yeah, look, they work just as hard. They have that uh, crazy time through the, you know, the middle of summer where they race um, in late January and then a couple early in February. So. Um, it, it certainly has its challenges in, in those areas, but um, you know, like most racing people, they just get about their business. They work their horses, they feed their horses, they try and get them, you know, as, as fit and as well as they possibly can, and and uh, and, and you know, get them to the races. So, yeah, it was terrific. I enjoyed it, um, but at the same time, it's certainly good to be back um, back in Victoria. Spring is obviously the big time for racing people, whether they're fans of the industry or not people who aren't regular race goers, they usually get involved in some way during this period of time, particularly around the Cup. Um, what is your expectation for how spring is going to go, not only for regional clubs, but also for the big ones in the city over the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I think one of the things that COVID has brought is it's probably brought a bit more of a focus back onto racing. Um, in the middle, you know, middle of the of the winter, um, wasn't much going on, but the racing was on each week and, and people obviously were viewing it on television and, and, and through racing.com, et cetera. So it's probably got a bit of a, a lift in, in its exposure to people. Or, you know, people become reacquainted. That might be a better way of putting it with racing, you know. So that, I think, may be the longer-term positive that comes out of COVID. Um, obviously, the betting product has remained strong because... Um, like most of us, when we've been home on a Saturday, there's not much to do. When the race are on, we, it's pretty easy to uh, to you know, have a little bit of a, a, a flutter here and there to keep yourself interested. So the betting product has remained strong. Um, look, yeah, look, it'll be interesting to see how racing generally, um, you know, what it does with those little inc- well, with those little changes and if they can turn them into bigger positives, you know, over the next 12, 18, 24 months. So... Um, it'll be a little bit of what's this space. There'll be surely some uh, interesting initiatives to come out of racing to, to try and build upon that extra exposure that, that we've received over the last you know, six months. With that extra exposure, do you think we're all, all our fingers are crossed that we'll soon have crowds back? And when do you think we might see crowds back, even in a limited capacity, just at a Chuka? Yeah, look, we, we are you know, really optimistic that, we'll, that our New Year's Eve meeting will be um, open for everybody, um, you know, for mem- mem- owners, members, and the general public. Um, we raced prior to that early in December. I think it's around about the third of December. 
there would be some chance I would be also expectant that that would be members and owners potentially. Um, so it'll be, you know, like most things that we've, we've all seen with, with COVID the path back as things are done in gradual and staged ways and, and racing will be the same. Um, and then it gets back to what numbers the government's allowed to have, you know, how many can you have inside? Is it, you know, 20, 40, whatever? How many, you know, how big a groups can you have outside? You know, do you need to still keep people in, you know, smaller groups of 20 to 50 or, or whatever? So, um, so we're, yeah, we're certainly, we're now planning and, and, and getting ready to market stuff for New Year's Eve. Um, so we've got that stuff in the can ready to go. But we're just waiting probably for, you know, the, the actual rules or, or, or the, you know, restrictions or the protocols that, that will be built around that and then, you know, working out how we're going to make that work so that we can get... The, the thing that's really important for us and, and something we focus on, you know, through our committee meetings is that people have come to the races and there's been a, you know, a certain expectation and, and delivery from the clubs to what you get. We don't want to see that product not up to that standard of what people's expectations are because, and then you know, hang your hat and say, oh, well, we can't do it because of COVID. So we, we need to find the best ways to re- represent our product when people come on course and make sure that their experience is just as positive and they have just as much fun and, and, and what they've always been able to do at the races. So that's what our focus will be as well. Hopefully we'll see some good news on that front soon. Gary, thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to join us on Sportsbite. Look, no worries, boys. Um, thank you very much for having me. Uh, and yeah, anytime I might have something that might be worth having a chat about, I'd love to love to see, talk to you about it, especially oh. about racing and maybe Carlton in 2021, but we'll keep that a little bit quieter. We'll always be happy to have you on. Thanks, guys. Cheers, boys. Gary Armstrong, the general manager of Echuca Racing Club. Braden, it would be great by New Year's Eve to hopefully get some crowds back. Really exciting for those the small group of owners, I guess. I don't think we'll see a massive attendance attendance fan-wise for a little bit of time yet, but small steps, we're slowly getting there, but it would be great for a Chuka Racing Club if they can get fans on New Year's Eve because that is a spectacular event. Case numbers continuing to go down across Victoria and very small case numbers in New South Wales as well. So it feels like as we're heading towards summer, it feels like things are starting to look up for us. It is starting to look up, and I guess the good news is you'll look around the grounds where we're about to go, and there is low case numbers despite the Shepherd and outbreak which came to us last week. That was a very smooth transition from you because it is that time of week we are heading around the grounds to talk to our other journalists in the group, see what's happening in the rest of the Golden Valley. Sports bite around the grounds. Joining us on the line, the group editor of McPherson Media Sport, Mr. Tyler Mark. Good morning, Tyler. Uh, How's it going, boys? Uh, I'm doing quite well this morning. What about yourself? Oh, we're not too bad. Where do you find yourself this morning? Are you working from home at the moment? Yeah, just uh, in the office slash spare bedroom slash kids' playroom slash uh, storage room. So plenty going on, but uh, yes, no, still working from home. Grand final week, mate. It's a it's a special time for all of us who love sport. How are you feeling ahead of two big games this weekend with both the AFL Grand Final and the Mighty Melbourne Storm heading into the NRL? Well, I'm quite happy that the the Mighty Melbourne Storm are there, but uh, the the AFL Grand Final is neither of uh, of my teams, uh, and I'm probably going to support Geelong. Not only because we've got Finley's finest Tom Hawkins 
hopefully playing uh, after a bit of, uh, of a tickle this week in his throat, but he should be all right. Uh, but yeah, I just think uh, it'd be great to see Gary Ablett Jr. go out with a, with a flag and Paddy Dangerfield's now one. Absolutely, and we'll move away from the AFL for a brief second. We'll talk a little bit of local sport. Tyler, we were this close to getting sport on the weekend, and the weather gods decided to interfere. It's quite ironic uh, that after everything local sporting organisations and clubs have, have battled this year to, to finally be um, you know, back up and running and ready to go, and, and then it rains. So uh, it's uh, it's just uh, 2020 for you, I suppose. But, yeah, the Shepparton Junior Tennis Association uh, had to call off round one on Saturday morning. They, uh, the, the rain overnight and, and the forecast rain was just too much. And, um, it, you know, Murray Valley Cricket Association got two games in out of the six that they were meant to play on Saturday as well. But, um, you know, what can you do? It, it feels almost normal to have sport called off uh, for rain in October. So it's a, it's, a, it's a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling, I think. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It's meant to rain all weekend again. So we might not get any sport again. It's oh, It just keeps taking a turn for the worst. But I guess there's another way of getting around sport. What can you tell us a little bit about this virtual pennant idea that you've got listed well, the uh, Golden Murray Golf Association, uh, we touched on it in the previous episode of Sports Bite, I think, have um, have started a women's virtual play-at-home pennant competition this summer. Uh, it was originally started to, uh, I suppose, keep keep players at their own clubs across a summer where, you know, restrictions are always changing and the situation's always changing. So they thought, you know, let's just attack the whole summer as if we're, we have to stay at our home club and... Um, so players play in their groups and pairings of 10 in their team and, and card their scores and that, that goes up against the, the team they're meant to be playing that round who has obviously played at, at their club. So, for example, um, Shepherd and Golf Club goes out and plays their round while Pokemon goes out and plays their round at the same time over in Toke. Uh, but this week, uh, obviously with the, the COVID scare in Shepherd and last week and obviously a lot of people still in isolation, uh, the virtual pennant certainly came in into its own because everyone was still able to get, they were able to get 16 of the, the scheduled 18 teams onto the course playing all their rounds. And now it's just Marupna Golf Club that has to catch up um, whenever they get the chance to. Obviously, the club was closed for, for a week for cleaning. But um, yeah, it was, it's a really great nod to the, the flexibility of the competition. There's two big sporting events this weekend, but there were two massive sporting events last weekend as well. We'll talk a little bit of netball with Meg Sultry in a minute, but the other one was the Bathurst 1000. I was excited to see the Mighty Lion roll one last time on the mountain, but we have a bit of a local focus as well in Bathurst, Tyler. Yeah, Gary Jacobson, uh, it was a tough weekend. They, they were already onto their second engine by the Friday qualifying. Um, so it wasn't a great start already, but uh, got out there on the Sunday with, with the main race. Obviously, the Bathurst 1000, 161 laps of greatness. Uh, him and David Russell were doing well. They got up to 12th um, ahead of the first pit stint and were up to 15th, uh, which was great after starting 21st on the grid. But uh, unfortunately, an oil leak uh, really crueled their chances. Um, they had to bring it in, couldn't find it to stop it. So it had to um, eventually call it off, and and a big DNF uh, next to their names, which was which was really you know upsetting. And um, Gary was a, a bit emotional after it, obviously being the, the last round of the season, and you know obviously worked so hard to get the season up and running for, for everyone involved, um, you know. But it was 
a, a really tough finish, but I'm sure they'll come back, uh, you know, ready to ready to go next season. So, um, you know, what should be another great season. Tolomar, thank you very much for joining us this morning on Sports Fight. No worries. Joining us now is the Benalla Enzyme and Seymour Telegraph ju- sports journalist Meg Sultry. Meg, how are you? Good, guys. How are you guys doing? We're going well, thank you. And it's obviously been a big week for Seymour Sport in particular with Al McDonald playing a pretty vital role in getting the Melbourne Vixens over the line for Suncorp Super Netball Premiership. Yeah, this is really exciting. Um, I think everyone in Victoria was behind the Vixens on the weekend and um, pretty exciting to, to basically finish their season on a high and um, get particularly those um, couple of retiring players that uh, win. So I, I know um, thinking to Al a couple of weeks ago, um, that was definitely a focus for the team. To- that was it. A- Unbelievable game that you just couldn't take your eyes away from. But I guess coming more local, the Seymour Cup obviously had to be moved away from the track and has been raced at Kilmore on Sunday now. Yeah, so um, obviously much publicised issues with the track, but still able to, to run the big race on Sunday at Kilmore. Um, I think that with seven seven runners basically in the race, I think everyone had a chance. They had uh, Leo, Leon and Troy Corson was a, a late scratching. Um, they're also up, up in the other way, but um, that kind of gave um, a lot of people a chance to win. And in, in the end, it was um, trainer Philip Stokes um, got all, all, all two hoying um, the win on the day. And I um, spoke to him yesterday. He said he was um, really honoured to take it out. Um, no, I think the the stage hasn't really run too much in Victoria. So to, to take out a, um, a long honoured country cup was um, really big for them. And um, they're also trying to be back it, back it up this weekend um, at the... Sunday's sales cup, so um, good things happening over there. Obviously, there's a big weekend at Benalla coming up on Friday too with the Benalla Cup, I believe. Yes, yeah. So, again, really, really good to be able to get that cup up. Um, I know the club is uh, not too happy that we're not able to have um, spectators there. I think they were, they were really hoping to at least get um, some of the most ardent support, supporters and members back into the club. But, uh, again, you yeah, have to be, be watching from afar and, um, but hopefully quite a few, we've got quite a few Benalla trainers up this way, so hopefully we'll be able to get some hometown trainers to win. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Meg. As always, we appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. I'm genuinely so impressed with the way you transitioned into that. That was good from you. So am I, to be honest. <laughs> That's not bad at all. We're going to finish this episode off how we started by talking a little bit of grand final stuff, Brayden. We've spoken to all the journalists across the group and they've given us their grand final predictions. So here are Sports Bites grand final predictions. We'll start with the head honcho, Tyler Ma. He's gone Geelong by five points. Gary Rowan to kick the first, which is I, I like that personally. And Gary Ablett for the Norm Smith. Then we go to Alex Mitchell, who's got a, a surprising margin to me. Richmond by 45 points. He's got Jason George Castagna to kick the first goal. And then a bit of an outsider, Shy Bolton to win the Norm Smith, who's already shown he can shine on the big stage, winning best on ground in the Dreamtime game earlier in the year. And then we've got Aiden Geelong by 38 points. Another big margin, if you ask me. And then we've got everybody's favourite, Tom Lynch, first goal, which I hope Tom does kick the first goal just to really annoy people. And then he duly notes Tom Hawkins of Finley to kick Six sausage rolls and win the Norm Smith. And then Meg's also going for Geelong. Shy Bolton to kick the first goal. And Paddy Dangerfield, who everyone seems to want to win the premiership to win the Norm Smith. I don't know about you. I, not be, Being a Hawthorne supporter, I have no desire to see any of those Geelong players succeed. But nonetheless, what are your predictions, Braden? 
I, I'm still toing and throwing where to go with this, but I, I just think Richmond are going to be too good. I've had people say to me, oh, Geelong's going to be hungrier, but once you're out there, it's just another game of football in the grand scheme of things with a lot much bigger things on the line. But I reckon Richmond will get the job done by about 10 points. First goal, I can see it going to Brian Myers of Geelong. Myers, you say? And best on ground, this may shock you, Noah Bolter. Noah Bolter? For the Norm Smith medal. Um, I, I'm going to pull an Eddie Maguire and somehow bring this all back to my personal football club. Richmond this year has a lot of Hawthorne in 2015 about them to me. They Maybe the hunger's starting to fade a tiny little bit, but in that first week of the finals, they played Brisbane and got a real shock by being beaten by a very good Brisbane side. In 2015, Hawthorne went to Perth. They got beaten by West Coast, and that shocked them into gear. They dominated Adelaide the next week. They dominated Fremantle in the prelim, and then they dominated West Coast in the grand final. I think Richmond showed against St Kilda that they were still hungry, and they played against a very good Port Adelaide side, but still found did what every good side does and got the job done. So I think Richmond... I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is Richmond's last premiership if they win it. I think they will not be bad next year. They'll still be a top four side, but I think it's harder to keep stay winning after that period of time. So I'm going to the Tigers by 22 points. Patrick Dangerfield for first goal because there's something about danger that he likes to announce himself pretty early in games like that. And after being robbed in 2017 and 2019, I've got Basha Hawley winning the Norm Smith. It's going to be an interesting grand final. We may have waffled on there for a little bit, but this is the stuff we all love talking about, and we know that people who love sport love listening to it too. Whatever you do this weekend, make sure you have as much fun as you can, but make sure you're doing it safely at the same time. Good luck to both sides. Good luck to the mighty Melbourne Storm in their grand final as well. Thanks for joining us on Sports Fight. We'll see you next time. That was Shepparton Sports Bite, brought to you by McPherson Media Group.